Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guests this week in the studio, Alexi King and Rachel Glago. They are the brains. They are the energy behind Midway Music Festival. It's coming this weekend. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, Alexi <clears throat> is the founder of this whole schmear. Started back in 2016, actually just as like um, an internship project that I had. I had an internship with Josh Johnson. He's one of the core members of Midway as well right now, one of yeah. our staff. He was the person that encouraged me to pursue something that I thought was needed and that I was really passionate about. He was the first person that told me that I should just do it. So he's like kind of instrumental into like why Midway even exists. Mm -hmm. um, so you you were just a punk kid student. That's the truth. <laughs> and uh, and you for some odd reason you had this ambition, this drive, <laughs> you were going to make this kind of festival happen. Yeah, well, I really didn't even know exactly what I was starting back then. Uh-huh. Um so it's kind of cool to see how far we've come when I just was like, uh I guess I kind of want to start this thing that I We'll be able to like get more opportunities for my friends that are musicians um, and that sort of thing. It's kind of where the inspiration started. Now, when you say back then, when is back then? Back then, um, I was an Indiana University senior, so that was in 2016. The Midway Music Festival will take place Saturday, that's October 5th, at a variety of venues. I see the Bishop, Buzzkirk Chumley Theater, the Blockhouse. Yeah, also uh, Landlocked Music, Orbit Room. That's Rachel speaking. Yes, that's my uh, Landlocked Music, Orbit Room. Uh, we'll both have shows going on during the day, as well as 6th Street, which is where our main stage is. 6th Street Outdoor Festival, north side of the square, so between Walnut and College. You guys are um, just like Lotus. You get to block off streets. Oh, yeah, we're taking over. We're taking wow. over downtown. Uh, <laughs> and again, wait, wait, this is a women's music festival. Women, yes, women of all identity and non-binary people. Aha. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That's going to be a whole day's worth of stuff with uh, acts ranging from Sasami, Lily and Madeline, Andrea Gibson, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Ciara Freeman. Correct. Woohoo! I it. did it. <laughs> and about two dozen others. Yeah. We actually have a range, like we have um, uh, those artists that you mentioned are from New York. Um, Sasami's from California. Uh-huh. Correct. Um, and okay. Andrea, they are from uh, Boulder, Colorado, I believe. And Ciara is from Cleveland. All okay. over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this we have This is not just your friends in Bloomington, <laughs> yeah, Alexi. It's definitely made a little bit of progress. It's come a little bit of ways. But we do still have a lot of local and regional acts as well. Uh -huh. um, so. If Acts coming from Indianapolis, including Wife Patrol, KO, and a few others, Haley Jonay, um, and then some from other areas in Ohio, so Leggy, Counterfeit Madison, and then a lot of local Bloomington acts like Aaron Toby, Amy O, Plateau Below, and a few others. And our goal with Midway is to connect those local artists with regional artists with national artists. So that's that's sort of how it's grown. So it's still coming from that place of we want to give our friends that we know as as great musicians the opportunity to perform, but we also want to help them network and connect within the industry so they can actually make a career for themselves in contemporary music. I'm glad you mentioned Aaron Toby because tomorrow, Friday, October 4th, 
By the way, WFHB's first day of Fall Fun Drive. So yep. uh, get on those phones tomorrow, folks. <laughs> we're going to have Firehouse Sessions Midway. And at 3 p.m., we're going to have a live performance by Aaron Toby. Mm -hmm. At 4 p.m., we're going to have a live performance by Glitches. That's Glitches, Alexi, with three <laughs> eyes. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> I'll bet you knew that already. And Glitches, what's great about them, actually, is their first performance that they did live, their first ever. stage performance ever, was at Midway last year. Wow. Yeah. Well, they're going to be performing here in the studio, right where we are, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I assume, uh, in the big studio at WFHB. That's tomorrow at 4. So, folks, if you want to hear good music, tune in tomorrow, first day of Fun Drive, and hear some of the acts, and then go see them live. That's Saturday, October 5th, all over the place. Hey, if they want to figure out when to go, where to go, and how to go, they will go to midwaymusicspeaks.org. Correct. Yeah. Full schedule, full lineup, everything's there. Midway Music Speaks, which is your nonprofit, uh, is Bloomington-based. It has these uh, different programs for education, empowerment, and entertainment. Uh, now, as you say, you want to celebrate and connect women of all identities and non-binary people mm -hmm. through music. Mm -hmm. And, and is it working? Well, I think we, so. Yeah, we <laughs> do think so. Another way, so we want to bring more women and non-binary people to the stage, um, but another way to do that is also encouraging younger generations of, of people to pursue music yeah. um, and pursue outside of just maybe being a vocalist. Like, a lot of women feel like that's what they should go to or that's what yeah yeah as a young person um they see all the pop stars and stuff right. um but yeah so if they feel like the or if they feel as though they can go ahead and pursue to be uh or pursue drumming drum, or, yeah, or percussion or, yeah. saxophone being a bassist etica um we like to have programs um like girls rock bloomington and yeah. Rising Star that kind of pushed them towards that. Yeah. Right. And for Girls Rock Bloomington, we really, that's, that is all Amy Olsner, who <laughs> is Amy O, will be performing on our lineup. That is her baby, her project, her she, vision, totally. She's our camp director, <laughs> and she came to us and was like, I'm doing this, and would love to be able to work with you all. And we're like, we're trying to build an education wing. Yes, let's Beautiful. partner on this. I so, noticed that she's, uh, yeah. I guess she's the education director. Yes, so <laughs> she's become our education director yeah. since then, and, uh, the first camp was this past summer. Uh, we had 20 campers, which was our maximum amount. We partnered with Ivy Tech and um, their summer camp series to, to host it. Amy did an amazing job. It was it was wonderful. It was very inspiring. There's a showcase at the end of it. It was just ah, heartwarming. <laughs> now, Rachel, you have been quoted as saying that you're interested in getting women involved, as Alexi just alluded to a moment ago, in music, but not just as lead singers, not just as, like, the girl. Yes. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, and I, I as Lexi sort of uh, hinted upon earlier, like, I think those that identify as women tend to fall into the vocalist category, and yeah. so it's really important for us to be able to showcase that there are other opportunities in music, whether it's business administration side, um, behind the scenes, working at a label or something, or being a sound engineer, ah. um, or 
Dirty work, in other words. Exactly, (laughs) sure. Or actually being on stage as um, playing a different instrument or maybe being the drummer that's kind of in the back but is actually, you know, setting the tempo basically for the song. It's a very important role. And unless you're seen on stage and you see yourself represented, then it can be hard to uh, visualize yourself there in the future, right? And so for us, I think beyond just taking that, that, uh, lead space gender wise we're also trying to focus on how do we become inclusive with genders but also how do we become inclusive through other um other ways as well in terms of race and and uh yeah <laughs> ethnicities backgrounds everyone now you mentioned uh that non-binary people mm-hmm. are included i'm thinking of uh, an earlier women's music festival boy this is this is this was the grandmother of them all, the Michigan Women's Music Festival, which ran from 1976 through 2015. Mm -hmm. That was big stuff. That drew people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Then they got into a little trouble because they said no transgender people. But you guys are inclusive. Yes, we are intersectional feminists ourselves, and we really hope that our organization can can help promote intersectional feminism. So Uh with that said, um, the reason why we use the terms women identifying and non-binary is we believe that trans women are women and they should be called women as they want to be. So um, yeah, women identifying includes trans women and uh, non-binary people who don't identify as either gender. There remains a subset of feminists Mm who don't accept trans people, who think that they're sort of like getting in on the bandwagon without paying the price. Yeah, I think that's uh, ridiculous, personally. I I just, I think that um, oppression comes in multiple forms, and there is no reason why you would want to exclude somebody who's, who's equally, who has been oppressed equally, if not more so, than others. Have you read the book... We should all be feminists. Yes, I have. I love that book. It's you great. have it at home. Yes, I do. It's a nice little small copy. It's a yeah, quick read. Yeah, I have that one too. It's a quick read. Yeah, it's great. It's important. You can keep it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should all be feminists. I'm going to come right out and say that well, right here you. and now. <laughs> and we should all be intersectional feminists. There I'm just going to plug that a little bit more. <laughs> there you go. So, the big thing is happening. You guys are busy. You're trying to set this thing up. Uh, you're going to be running around like mad people mm. on Saturday. If not already, yes. Well, already. <laughs> <laughs> you pull people in from around the country. How do you guys finance this? Lots of ways. If you want to donate, you're more than welcome to. There we go. Um, because you're a nonprofit, we can non- actually say that. Yeah, here. and we can make a tax deductible receipt and all those good things. But um, oh, we're supported through a bunch of different methods, sponsor corporate sponsorships. We have some amazing sponsors that have both sponsored us financially as well as uh, through in-kind donations, mm-hmm. um, such as Graduate Hotel, WFHB. We do that yep. too, yeah. Um, we have Perfect Parties, uh, White Rabbit, Mid by Midwest Productions, Secretly Group, and Secretly Distribution. They've been supporting us since our first year. And when you say secretly and then you talk us, 
You're really saying it about both organizations. You work for Secret Yes, group. I actually do work for Secret Group. So, yeah, they've been supporting Midway, but they also support me <laughs> for years. Um, so that's – we've had great corporate sponsors. We also have gr- a lot of grants that we've received, both local – City grants, county grants, as well as state grants. Uh-huh. Um, so we've received NEA funding through the Indiana Arts Commission. And that's been amazing. Uh, Visit Bloomington has supported us through their grant program. Same with the City of Bloomington and the Bloomington Arts Commission. Uh, and then Monroe County through their Sophia Travis grant. So we've been very fortunate and lucky to have received those grants. And then individual donations and those types of campaigns we've done. But then we also sell some merch and, of course, our ticket sales throughout the weekend for the festival and, and other means of earned revenue is kind of how we've been able to make it happen. And it's amazing to see each year how the budget has grown. It's it's sort of happening exponentially at this point. Yeah. Just, just talking going. about like the first year, not that long ago, we were just talking about the first year um, where we had a budget. $2,000. Oh, yeah, it was just over $2,000. That was your budget? That, that was, was our, our whole budget. budget the and first actually, year. yeah, yeah, based off of fundraising, sponsors, um, and then donations as well, individual donations and that sort of thing. Um, it's kind of crazy how it's transformed into this year where... It's much higher well, budget. Yes, Our current, higher. I don't mind talking about it. I think it's important okay, for, for nonprofits to talk about their operating budgets mm-hmm. because there's not enough transparency in the industry ah. from my standpoint. So our operating budget went from 2000 the first year to we are now operating around 45000 So, yeah, that's a huge jump in three years. <laughs> wow. Now, we know what Rachel does for a day job. Alexi, what do you do for a day job? I, I mean... Being the founder and creative director of Midway has actually been my focus. Yes. Um, That's your day job. Start. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely been that. I've focused on that for the past several years. And in addition to that, I also occasionally work with So Far Sounds in Indianapolis. That's a new thing. But what, yeah, what is that I'm, operation? So Far Sounds? Yeah. Oh, so actually, we have a feature in Midway this year that kind of reminds me of So Far Sounds. The tiny concert car is actually going to be at the Six festival feet. this year. Um, yeah, it's going to be on 6th Street. So basically what So Far Sounds does and how it kind of relates to that is um, they create or curate these amazing concerts that are intimate and that benefit the artist, the venue, and the attendees as well. So what happens is they're kind of like a speakeasy sort of feel. They don't release they don't release like the names of the artists or anything like that. So people just buy tickets to go discover new music. Wow. Um, right. And and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about them, that they can give these up and coming artists um, they can book anyone because the people aren't buying tickets for the artists, they're buying for the experience. Right. I'm meant to learn about new music. Um, so it's another way to support these up and coming artists too. So so it's like buying do. a book. You're you're gambling. When you buy a book, you don't know if you're going to like it or not. And now in this case, when you buy a ticket to this show, you don't know if you're going to like it or not. Mm-hmm. But you're you want to support people. Exactly. Right. And actually, when Alexi said tiny concert car, it reminded me. I started thinking about all the venues we have because we didn't mention that one earlier. But that will be on Sixth Street. And then another venue we didn't mention is the back door. They are have also been one of our venues for the past few years, and uh-huh. so the back door uh, is kind of our 
final venue of the evening. Closing off the night. Closing, closing party, if you will. There'll be <laughs> lots of hugging going on, I assume. Uh, oh, yeah, and I dancing. Hope so. We've got some great DJs. DJ Mad Dog and DJ Pixie will be there. They're Did they go to those uh, sessions, those teaching sessions, DJ 101 and <laughs> DJ 102? DJ Mad Dog was actually the teacher for both those yeah. sessions. How yeah. about that? <laughs> because that's part of your educational programming. Right. Yeah, and right. you expect you expect to have more of mm-hmm. those kinds of classes. Definitely. How to get into the business, how to do this, how yeah. to do that. Right, and again, making the, the industry more accessible for up-and-coming artists and that sort of thing. And or those workshops any- are all ages, too. Right, yeah. yeah. So All ages, uh-huh. not just kids. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because so, you can get started at any point in your life. Maybe you're realizing... Um, that you've always wanted to, or you were always curious. Maybe you're just a music listener. You've always been curious about getting into DJing or that sort of thing. Um, and maybe you're uh, more experienced in other parts of the world, you know, um, uh, as a guitar player or yeah, uh, anything. Sort of <laughs> yes. Now, let me ask you this. You focus on women and people who identify as women, non-binary and so forth. Mm-hmm. Could a big hairy lug like me go to one of these uh, educational oh, programs? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, for us, just the. I mean, again, we're trying to be as inclusive and intersectional as possible in our feminism, which in, that includes men and supporting, supporting them as well. And being an ally means that um, you still can attend these events and enjoy the music and enjoy participating, but acknowledging the fact that this is a space at least the stage is a space that you are giving a voice to someone else who doesn't always have the opportunity to have a voice. So for us with the workshops, yeah, men, please attend, please come. That would be lovely. (laughs) But know that your instructor is going to be a women identifying or non-binary person who is an expert in this because for so long, the teachers have always been men and we're trying to, um, show people that it's not just men out there that are doing these things. Russian Recording has some amazing sound engineers over there huh. that are women. And I think spotlighting them and showing that women in sound is real. Soundgirls.org is a great website mm-hmm. to learn more about that. Or She Shreds Magazine. Both both of those organizations actually do a really amazing job of highlighting women and non-binary people in the industry. We have right here at WFHB so many female and female-identifying DJs. Mm. And you've got to do a little programming. You've got to do a little sound engineering when you're on that live board. And I'm telling you, you don't make a mistake when you're live. (laughs) You've got to do it right the first time. Right. And women can do it. Why couldn't they? Why have they been shut out? So I would say just through uh, societal... Uh, institutionalized sexism that's kind of existed How about forever. This? Guys being jerks. And that. Well, this, whole, this whole concept of boys will be boys is yeah. ridiculous to me. And the fact that it's been accepted for so long um, and, and guys being jerks, boys will be boys, all of those things that, I mean, that is part of sexist and anti-feminist speak, basically, right? All right, let me ask you this, generally. Alexi, I'm going to go to you first, okay? okay? Right, this is about the world. Feminism. Is the arrow pointing up or is the arrow pointing down? Because we're living in weird times, aren't we? What do you mean? Do you mean as it is getting better you, or getting... Yeah. Okay. Better or worse? Feminism? Yeah. Well, I think 
I mean, I think that there's a lot of confusion in what feminism actually is. Okay. Um, and I think that, of course, I think personally that it's the arrow was pointing up, okay. I guess. And that depends if you look at what the word actually means and 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 that is what Midway is doing. Yeah, men and like, women yeah. deserve equal opportunity. And I think that intersectional feminism, which is on, which is right. arrow pointing up as well, if you will, <laughs> is really looking at it's not just men and women having equal opportunity. It is everybody, no matter how you identify, no matter what your background, your ethnicity, your race, et cetera, is, your gender. It's opportunities for everyone. And I think there's, it can be broken down in many ways, right? There's pay gap that you could talk about. There's representation in film. There's representation on the stage with theater and music for that matter. Um, and then there's also corporate in the workplace. What, who's CEOs? Who are the people in executive roles at organizations? So I think, you know, you can look at arts and entertainment as one aspect of it, but it, it's pretty broad across literally everything we do. It's been so institutionalized. And it goes down to what courses are offered at a music school yeah. and how many... And this is my own thing, and I have no problem saying this, but I'm a little frustrated with Jacob School of Music right now, and oh. they're offering of a certificate in the history of rock and roll, and then the five courses on individual artists are all men. There's history of the Beatles, history of the Beach Boys, history of Jimi Hendrix, um, history of uh, Bob Dylan, and yeah. there's one other. And there are no, like, history of Janis Joplin. And if you really want to get into the history of rock and roll, you should be looking back at blues and jazz and, and everything that the black culture brought right. to rock and roll. Because really, they're the kings and queens. And I'd say that Elvis sort of took it off them, if you will. Well, here's so. hoping that some Jacob School people are listening. I hope maybe... so. Let me know. I want to help with that program. <laughs> diversify it a little bit. You bet. <laughs> There's sort of a long history of women's music festivals. Mm -hmm. Back in the early 1970s, there were some day-long festivals in Sacramento and San Diego. Then there was the Midwest Music Festival in Missouri. Then there was the Boston Women's Music Festival. So it was sort of growing, sort of growing. Then I understand there was the National Women's Music Festival just across the border, Urbana-Champaign. Mm -hmm. Now this is all in the 70s. And then you had, as I mentioned earlier, Michigan Women's Music Festival, and that ran until 2015. And then Lilith Fair. Mm -hmm. And as I was saying to you earlier before we started uh, recording, I seem to recall from the 90s, I thought that the Lilith Fair was always there. Yeah. But it only lasted three years. Right. Can you beat that? I think so. Is this before oh. your time, Alexi? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, it, well. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, I think I think I we was, can uh, beat three years. Yeah, I oh, think definitely. We'll, this is our third year. So. Going going back to yes. the uh, three years only for that festival. I think we can. I think we'll top it. I think our third years when we get our stride and it, more recent festivals that have been coming up that are are focused on a similar mission as ours is uh, the California Women's Music Festival and Yo uh, wait Yola Mezcal, which was in LA a few weekends ago, and then uh -huh. Brandy Carlisle's also been. Um, very instrumental in creating her own festivals as well with with lineups that feature women identifying a non-binary artists and uh the high women the country her country band that she just started is is also taking a big step forward i think as well. now who was it that was doing a little bit of research and found out that about 50 percent of the audience at any given music festival was women 
the people who identify as women. Yeah, that was me. But <laughs> that was you, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, our guests again, Alexi King and Rachel Glago. They are the brains and the energy behind the Midway Music Festival and Midway Music Speaks, uh, a nonprofit here in Bloomington. And you found out that the vast majority of acts at these music festivals were? Oh, they are. Male Male only. Male dominated, yeah. Isn't that wild? Well, think of, let's go all the way back to Woodstock. Mm. Joan Baez. Love her. Yeah. Love her. I grew up listening to her. Was there anybody else? Do you remember anybody else? Was Janis Joplin there? I Um, don't even know. I actually, was she? I thought she was. I, I think she was. I'm trying to think, though, if she actually had a set on the lineup or if it just kind of... She, I mean, I think she was there, <laughs> but, yeah. but I, don't think, I don't think she was on the lineup in advance. Maybe she was. I'd have to look it up. But we can name the women who were at Wood- Woodstock because there were so few of them. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And this is what you're trying to change. Yeah. And so, so the research that I found was, was looking at festival audiences and who tends, attends festivals, and it's basically 50%, 50-50, essentially, yeah. as you would expect. Why wouldn't it be? Um, well, and actually, Alexi found... I think it's 51%. It's you're right. something 51 over so 51% of for, attendees for are women. And yeah. 49% women are yeah. But it's basically 50-50. Yeah. But Alexi's the one that found the really hard statistics that kind of launched this whole thing, which is was via a Huffington Post article and looking at the festival circuit and who's actually represented in lineups. Do you, huh. you want to talk about those numbers? Well, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the article was very specific. It focused on like uh, more commercial music festivals that are really yeah. well known. So like Lollapalooza, um, Firefly Music Festival, um, Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Oh, actually... Ultra Music Festival, that's an important one to mention. Um, It's more electronic, I believe, um, is the genre of that one. Um, And that one had the highest percentage of male-dominated acts um, at 92% of their lineup in 2016 was male-dominated. And then the remaining of that was... Uh, women featured. Yeah, and on so. average, I think it's there's um, 85 to 90 percent is men only acts, yeah. and about fif- 10 to 15 percent is uh, co-ed acts, and then about five to 10 percent is women only acts, and that's like mind-boggling to me. Um, but it, there's two Instagram handles that actually visualize this really lovely. One is called Bookmore Women. The other Instagram handle is um, Lineups Without Males. And both of them show festival lineups with all of the names of men-only bands removed. And they just keep the women identifying and non-binary artists. Mm -hmm. And it is astonishing to see how many current festivals today in 2019 are still still following the the same pattern. It really makes it a lot more real when you take a look at the posters and um, because like what Rachel said, they take off the names. So you'll have a complete lineup first and then you swipe and they you see the edited picture and there's like three names left yeah. or something insane like that. Wow. And it really makes it a lot more real. Yeah. It's Alexi King and Rachel Glago are trying to change this and this is the third? Yes. Midway Music Festival featuring women and people who identify. Mm-hmm. That is Saturday, October 5th. La, 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 la. We've run out of time, so join us Monday for Big Talk Extra during the 5 p.m. daily local news for more of this conversation. La, la. Alexi King and Rachel Glago, they are the people behind, among many other people, I should add, 
the Midway Music Festival, Midway Music Speaks is the nonprofit organization that they represent. Alexi, the founder and creative director. Rachel, the executive director. Thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Mm-hmm.